Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, uh, Professor Pisser, Xavier, the hero we need or the hero we deserve? <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I mean both, really. <laughs> She's the number one hero in my book. You have indeed found the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. So good to have you with us as we break down two more episodes of The Bachelor Australia Season 9. My name is Max Quinn. Joining me from a private and secluded aquamarine location on Sydney's prestigious northern beaches is Xavier Betsky noonan Hi, Xavier. Hey, Max. I'm so sorry uh, to correct you. That's actually my uh, my secret identity. I'm trying to keep that on the DL. If you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind calling me the Incredible Holes. Um, Jimmy said in one of these episodes that he knew the Northern Beaches waterways like the back of his hand. I can only assume that you are the same. Yeah, in the sense that I have been to the back of my hand once or twice in my life and uh, try and avoid it where possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, all I know is that the back of my hand is where my best compliments come from. Sure. Um, I'm full of them. Are you ready? Please. Uh, I love your glasses. They do such a good job. Of concealing the worst parts of your face. <laughs> Repartee, back and forth. Listeners, we love each other and we fun. also love each and every one of the human people who have come to say hi to us over on the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. That is where you can find the two of us and lots more beautiful, batchy loving nerds just like you. So please uh, come through as the season shifts into gear. There is so much to discuss from these two episodes. Of course, I think. Uh, that between Jay, Holly, Brooke, and Carly, we've had some clear contenders emerge in the love competition. Sure. But not to bury the lead here, we also have had our second C-word scandal within the span of three seasons. And to help make sense of it all, uncomfortable segue, this week, <laughs> our special guest was uh, my last social contact before the city of Sydney was plunged into a virulent chaos from which we may never emerge. An honour. In a past life, you may have woken up with her as one of the hosts of Triple J Breakfast. Maybe you have seen her spitting bars at any of several massive music festivals across the country. Perhaps you know her internet, Alter Ego, Spicy Dave, or more recently, maybe you've heard her excellent Bachelor of Hearts-endorsed podcast. Wait, you what? That's what it's called. Listeners, please say huge Bachelor of Hearts hello to Erica Mallet. Hi, Erica. 
Hello. Hello. It is a pleasure to be here. Big fan of the pod. And I like, Max, that you made me sound like a C-bomb expert <laughs> in that intro there. Like we're talking about C-bombs with Eric and Mallet. And look, I'll wear that crown. I really will. We were scrambling. We were like, who can we get? Who's the who's the brain's trust? <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's so much stuff that I want to cover off with you before we do even dive into the episode recaps. And I think that the best place to start is clearly with the French bulldog shower cap. Now, uh, listeners, I would really encourage you to follow Erica on Instagram. Um, and Erica, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit more about your most recent posts on that platform and then give us all of the intel that you can about uh, said French bulldog shower cap. Oh, gladly. I'm so I'm so glad you asked. It was um some yeah, something that I was really hoping we would talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, a lot of people have said that I look like Jessica Fox, um, gold medalist, uh, for the is it canoeing in the in the you know Oh slalom. Oh slalom. Don't don't know what that is. People mm. are saying that I look like her, which obviously honored. Didn't see mm. it myself. So I thought, why not recreate for the gram a photo of Jessica Fox? So, you know, she's in her boat. I was in my washing basket. She had her helmet on. I had a French bulldog shower cap on. Now, where did you acquire this prestigious <laughs> yeah, where item? Where is it from? We need to know. Well, I hate to say it, guys, but it is my housemate's. Um, it doesn't get much use, but Scandal. it does really smell. So while I was putting it on my mm. head, um, you know, I you got to do it for the gram sometimes. And I was nearly gagging at the smell of it, but <laughs> you got to do it for the gram. But people say, mm. how do you get the content? I say, you got You just got to put up with the smell. <laughs> it's that level of dedication that uh, is the reason that we're going to award you Olympic gold for that one Instagram post. Wow! Yeah, it is true. Gold medals are left and right here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Outside of your slalom-related successes in Tokyo, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm loving life. It's, you know, it's lockdown, but I've been baking. I've been cooking. I've been waking up. And then going back to sleep and wondering when this feverish nightmare will end. Mm. Um, but apart from that, great. That's really positive. I like, <laughs> yeah, I like that positive spirit. I think if if enough people can get around this and just try and, you know, get through this with a positive attitude, we can turn this lock down into a lock up. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, it's not all that bad, is it? <laughs> Surely someone's thought of that before Xavier. But, <laughs> but weirdly, no one has vocalised it. Yeah, <laughs> haven't haven't been be hearing reason it. for that. <laughs> and what about, please tell us, um, wait you what? We're seven episodes in, listeners. Uh, if you don't know about it, this is my pitch. A hostage negotiator, a sneeze fetishist, and a compulsive liar walk into a bar. <laughs> And the barman says, wow, I really love listening to you on that podcast with host Erica Mallet. The podcast explores people's surprising stories of struggle, lived experience, and self-discovery. I thought you were going to say a hostage negotiator, a sneeze fetishist, and whatever the third thing you said was, are three great ways to describe Erica Mallet, and uh, she's the host of a wonderful podcast. No, I guess I was waiting for the punchline, but I, yeah, I'm the punchline. Um, I actually do have a joke if you'd you like do, one. You do? Oh, yeah. please. Um, okay, what did the sneeze fetishist say to Gary Coleman? Uh, aren't you talking about Willis? 
Why did I come on this podcast? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? It's not too late to log off. But, um, yeah, look, bartenders around the country do love my podcast, Max. Mm. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> it's pretty much, you know, when you say it, you've got to say it like you did. You've got to go, wait, you what? Like someone's just told you something and you're shocked by it. Um, and they're the stories that I'm getting for the people. How are you acquiring these stories and um, tell us – Let's use this opportunity to really sell it to the listeners much better than I did. What What are the kind of stories that you're interested in telling? So pretty much we're telling stories about people who have been through something difficult, been through something surprising, or something that they can help share advice on. So some of them are more niche, like as you mentioned, the sneeze fetishist. I can imagine that's a topic a lot of people wouldn't really need advice on, specifically mm. sneezing. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there with fetishes and they may feel uncomfortable about it. So what I try to do is get some empathy around it to mm -hmm. understand, you know, if you have the fetish, you can understand how to accept yourself better. If uh, someone you know has the fetish, you can accept them better. So it's about empowering people, empathy, bringing those worlds together and getting some fun stories at the yeah. same time. Yeah, what I personally like about the pod is that you take something that is a little bit far off or difficult for me to imagine as someone who has never, for example, had a life-threatening brain injury outside of the, you know, the life-threatening brain injury that I deal with day to day, which is just the way that I conduct myself in public. I thought you were going to say like, do like whatever it is that makes you do this bachelor podcast <laughs> yeah. for five years <laughs> or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and you humanize it and you put it in, in terms that makes me go like, damn, I could see myself with that brain injury, you know, and in a nice way. So uh, that's one thing. And then the other thing that I like about it is that I didn't necessarily expect to go into these situations where people have experienced something difficult and to laugh at them, which is really like, it's, it's a nice way of like the, like the pervy voyeurism of that we all, I think have of being like, fuck, I wonder what that's like. And then <laughs> allow you at facilitating the person to allow them to come on the journey with you. And for us all to find it a little bit humorous as well as a bit serious it does the light and the dark. Very good, listeners. Oh, um, it is, Max, that is mm. such a nice compliment. Thank That's you so much. That's all right. Look, the, I appreciate um, it. You sold it better than I ever could. Required reading here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast for get you. Get amongst it. Xavier, we've got some news before we get into the recaps. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple of pressing news items in, in Bachelor world this week. We, I, I'm tending to do this basically every week because I feel like there's just a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and I'm spending too much time online, as a lot of people may be uh, able to relate to at the moment. Um, I wanted to talk first of all about the uh, anti-lockdown protests that we were talking about a little bit. We were a little bit flippant about them, I think, on the podcast last week. Us? Because, yeah, I know, right? Just for a change. Uh, because it was happening whilst we were recording and we were both just kind of, I think, feeling the doom and gloom a little bit. Um, but I think it's worth talking about a tiny bit more. Um, it's worth pointing out that the gathering, which attracted approximately 3,000 mostly maskless protesters to Sydney's CBD as well as other events around the country, attracted a lot of attention and support from certain vocal members of the Bachelor X contestant community. So the demonstration saw attendance from various disparate groups, including anti-vaccination groups, COVID conspiracy pages, and other communities who have been affected by the restrictions imposed over the past 18 months. And there's a lot of good reasons to be very upset right now. You know, it's, um, it's very understandable that people who are marginalized or people who are being particularly affected by the restrictions or 
uh, maybe people who are already sort of predisposed to distrust authority would want to have an opportunity to vent their frustrations. Hot people. <laughs> Did you say hot people? Yeah, also very <laughs> difficult time for hot people. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Max. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I think regardless of how you feel at the moment, there there really is very little excuse to gather in a big group of people without at least thinking really seriously about the risks and taking the proper precautions, which evidently did not happen at these protests. Mm. In the 24 hours after the protests, I personally saw and screenshotted posts from the following people, which Max may or may not believe, but I do have screenshots. <laughs> Matt Agnew season in Paradise season two. From Honey Badger's season. From Ellie and Becky season. From Maddie J's season in support of the march. One post in particular caught my eye because it highlighted a sense of distrust in the media, which led me to think about a connection that I hadn't really made before between people who felt like their Bachelor edit or their time on The Bachelor was particularly harmful to them and people who end up being funneled into this world. Is there a pipeline here that I hadn't thought about? And if that's the case, should we be hoping for like less viewers of this beloved franchise? Because in a way that will eventually help stop the spread of extra reality micro influences into deeper and darker rhetoric. That is such an astute observation, Xavier. Like that is such an interesting point. I hadn't I hadn't thought of it like that. But you're right. Of course, of course they've got a like an inherent distrust of the media if they mm. have themselves experienced the way that it it can, you know, pick you up and spin you around and smack you back down again. Yeah. Because um, I was going to say, it feels like a disproportionate amount of um, people in that group that, you know, are pro-protest mm-hmm. versus people I know, but I'm probably also in my little bubble of same thought. Sure. But yeah, it's such a good point. It does. It's, it makes me so curious about, like, the the damage that is done to people's reputation or that sort of thing. Like, you know, I, I obviously like, I think the lockdowns need to happen. I am not like, pr- I'm, I don't think anyone's pro lockdown in, in, in any real way, but like as, as a reaction to current circumstances, it's necessary. Um, but I think people frame and interpret things differently based on their relationship and their experience with media. Um, and it affects the way that they take in media. There, there were posts that I saw that were like, I don't, I don't watch TV or like, you know, read anything, you know, like it, it funnels people away from uh, what we might consider to be like mainstream media sources and into perhaps more and more uh, outside of that world. Yeah. It's made me reflect even just now on things that people like Juliet and Glenn who've been on the show have said on this podcast where it's sort of like this idea of who you are on the show is essentially who you are in real life. And the perception or the willingness to accept that this might be what you're like when it is shown back to you in whatever or to whatever exaggerated extent on the TV might be the the cognitive dissonance that we are dealing with here. And particularly also if you're hot, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that really amplifies the situation <laughs> for sure. Let's talk about somebody who is hot. Uh, his name is Jimmy Nicholson. He is the bachelor of this season. Paparazzi photos emerged earlier this week of this fellow uh, who was having a nice day out on Bondi Beach with a handful of mates, none of whom were pictured wearing masks. Now, policing how people behave during the pandemic really isn't actually our beat, I swear, even though 
the past few minutes happened. Um, and like, you know, particularly exercising outdoors is considered like a very low risk activity and it's encouraged and people should be doing it according to New South Wales health and basically everybody. But this caused a bit of friction online. It felt like a bit of a slap in the face to a lot of people, especially when we're seeing like increased police presence, uh, and now like military, uh, presence in certain parts of Sydney, you know, ensuring that compliance is happening. Um, what do we think? Bad, bad Jimmy. Naughty boy. Yeah, look, uh, Swimmy Nicholson is a phrase that I'd like to throw out there. I would also like to say that I am a Lexapro lockdown. Um... <laughs> oh, I agree. No. I agree. I agree, but it makes me feel weird. I mean, yeah, it's not It's not good stuff, is it? He was pretty, pretty close to all of those other people, unless he's got um, 23 housemates. And yeah. they, you mm. know, mm. they have a great share house, in which case I, I want to be there. That sounds, that sounds really fun. Mm. At yeah, this point, honestly. we know that he entered uh, a place where he did have 23 housemates um, and he kissed <laughs> well, many true. of them on the mouth. <laughs> There's a pattern. That's a great wow. point. Fucking hell. That's, I did not think of that. He got off the batch and he was like, oh, I miss that. I miss that. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy mm. Innocent. Jimmy Nick, Nick, Innocent. Inno oh. It doesn't really. <laughs> Um, I also just wanted to very quickly touch on this thing, which is a big story, even though there's not a whole lot to say about it. Uh, the two episodes that we are about to recap for you guys are officially the lowest rated, least viewed episodes of an Australian batchy season of all time, including Bachelorette, including Paradise, including like the Paradise After Show. Um, Episode three saw just 360,000 people tune in, while episode four just squeaked in a little bit higher at 369,000. Nice, but also not nice. Um, obviously, going up against the Olympic Games doesn't help, um, although this trend towards lower ratings for Bachelor and Bachelorette is notable and observable over the past few years. Uh, and as I said to Max in a text earlier this week, The Bachelor is doing Bachelor of Hearts numbers. Ha! <laughs> Um, with the future of Paradise in the Balance Network 10, what do we reckon they're thinking? You know, they must be losing it, right? Yeah, they must be. I mean, it breaks, it does break my heart a little bit because, you know, he's our first POC bachelor since Blake Garvey. And I just want that to rate well. I want for that reason, people to be like, oh, something's changing. And the bachelor is taking some advice from the public and for that to be rewarded. But yeah. I suspect that it might take a little more than one season to kind of like uptick that again. Yeah, I agree. It is one of those things where, look, I'm not surprised because what they've been going up against was a night where they had the Farm Wants a Wife finale. And then the second night they saw a rebound, they had more than 500,000 on the Thursday of the first week, which is a decent number. Certainly a, a huge surprise for the second episode to outrate the premiere. Mm. But then this week, like, what are you going to do? The Matildas are playing soccer. Um, and that interlocking audience of like live sport and The Bachelor, I think is, uh, we might have a tendency to understate, but mm. at, at least from what my understanding is of, of young Australians, those are fields of the Venn diagram that, that might overlap more than we might think that they do course i mean the bachelor is the greatest sport that there is i mean they, it should be in the olympics <laughs> this it is should it. be getting that sweet channel seven coverage <laughs> absolutely the sport of love yeah, isn't it right. one of the hardest you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
the most skilled athletes couldn't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, as we've seen on, on these last two episodes, which I I think uh, were great episodes. Me too. You know, contrary mm. to the public. Um, it is, you know, it is sad they're not sharing that experience. But can't these TV networks, like, coordinate a little bit? Right. But, like, right. It, all the reality TV comes at once, and I just want it drip-fed to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. With a little organisation. Talk to Get me in March. Diaries. Yeah. Yeah, what's happening in March? Nothing. Nothing. I think the weird thing is that in March there's like another Bachelor series in another country. Like for some reason I think The Bachelor has synced up pretty well, apart from the fact that US Bachelorette is still airing right now. That's the only real overlap. And then we have like US Bachelor, there's two seasons of US Bachelorette, there's like New Zealand Bachelor happening, you know. Weirdly, I think that as a production machine is uh, is is, you know, putting a slate out every year or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, then the other thing that we've learned is that in March, people are like, like stomping their feet and being like, "No lockdown. This is, this is poor. This is poor experience. This poor experience. Were you there, Max? You know exactly uh, yeah. what they're all chanting. Yep. Yeah, the um, what do we want? Better experience. <laughs> Richer experience." All right, let's do some recaps. Let's begin, of course, with The Bachelor Australia Season 9, Episode 3. Squawk! Water lapping noise. Foghorn sound effect.mp3. That's right. Now what, I say, what's the big idea bashing me on the noggin with a rolling pin? Clunk enough, people, and we'll have a nation of lump hands. We are starting off this episode with this season's first boat date. Jimmy has invited dance teacher Ash for a day on the water and Jimmy pilots the boat to a secluded lagoon where the pair will audition for Bachelor in Paradise. As they're on the boat and they're watching the scenery go by, I'm thinking about how much more dynamic would this sequence be if Jimmy actually flew them there in a plane instead of in a boat and then the plane like crash lands and they have to imagine what life would be like on a deserted island together I think, uh, you know, maybe I should apply for uh, screenwriting for The Bachelor job. Jorge Garcia is there. <laughs> There's a beach ball and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead, they play frisbee on the beach and enjoy some, what I have called in my notes, very light banter. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, I have to say it's refreshing to me that the, the basics of flirting never change. You know, mm. you've, you've, you've got the um, crash tackling someone in the water. You've yeah. got the guessing someone's age. You know, mm-hmm. these are classic staple flirt methods and it's just so refreshing every time I watch this show that they, they never change. <laughs> it almost doesn't matter how how light the flirting is. Mm. If the physical attraction is strong enough, True. like the banter, particularly on a show like this, particularly in a situation where you are compelled to kiss, is almost irrelevant. Yeah, you're going through the motions. As, yeah, as long as you're ticking the box, as yeah. long as you are throwing the spaghetti on their face. Um, <laughs> putting that, if you're that, painting something, you're putting paint on their shirt or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Classic. Um, um, I just have to say as well, this is not a deserted island. This I've actually been to this location. Oh, my God. And it is not an island. Tell me more. Interesting. Well, it's, it's, kind, it's a beautiful place. Um, but it's, it's, you drive to a car park and then you go on a little bit of a walk downhill and then you're there and there's a big smelly public toilet just behind where they were. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't watch this scene 
in the romantic way that it was being portrayed because all I could smell was the public toilet that mm. I had smelt. I love that you've suddenly become our smell correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a podcast, you're dealing with a limited range of senses, so it's good to be able to at least describe the smell experience for our audience. Yeah, yeah put the listener there. That's yeah. that's that's good. I'll be on every episode, and I'll just be like, "Did you think of what that smelled like?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Erica's follow up podcast is called "What's That Smell?" <laughs> Gladly. So Ash says, "I just realized you probably don't know my age," and Jimmy guesses twenty six. And Ash encourages him to guess higher. So Jimmy says, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Not realizing that Ash's age is actually increasing as he speaks because the two of them are in fact on the beach that makes you old. I had to get that joke in. Uh, it's probably already too late for, for that joke. But anyway, it's flown right over my head. Oh, Max, you've got to go on the internet. It's really good on there. Ash reveals that she has brought a portable Bluetooth speaker, and since she's a dance teacher, it's only right that she teaches him how to Dougie on the sand. They do the stanky leg. They do the Bartman. They dance around on the beach like Lord in the Solar Power video. <laughs> and then they sit down, they eat some roast fish, and they do the brand new dance craze that is sweeping the nation. The tragedy reveal twist. So you like this man and you're feeling the feel. You got a shocking secret you're keeping concealed. You're gonna drop that bomb, yeah, and seal the deal. You do the tragedy reveal twist. Yeah, you do the tragedy reveal twist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. I sent Max a voice note and I was like, is this in bad taste? He was like, absolutely not. And I'm getting started right now. That's going to be, honestly, that's going to be stuck in my head. I have to say the um, the music on the Bachelor of Hearts pods have no, has no business being good. Like it shouldn't be as good as it is. The intro is such a jam and that was, that had legs. I'm not going to say you. it's such a jam, but Erica, there's something so there. <laughs> We'll make sure we uh, save some room for a guest verse when we drop the full BOHLP. <laughs> I'm there. All right. Uh, Ash reveals that at 24, um, which <laughs> I'm not going to extend the old metaphor, but uh, <laughs> I, I can't make a joke here because it's about a blood clot. It's quite serious. Sorry. He's lost it. <sighs> Lockdown. Ash reveals that at 24, she had a blood clot in her heart, and after being misdiagnosed, she got on a flight, which caused it to burst in her lungs into thousands of clots. And surviving this incident was a turning point for Ash, and it changed her outlook on life. Now, without being too reductive, and I know mm. we already played the theme song, this is an incredible deployment of a tragic backstory. Um, I think Ash is able to get really vulnerable with Jimmy and talk about a really hard moment in her life without, and this does feel reductive, but without bringing the mood down of the date, like <laughs> it is still flowing and she's talking positively about the future. And it's like, you know, if, if the bachelor's job is to be a bit fickle and to, uh, you know, look for reasons to send people home, he is not given one here. No, absolutely. And you know, I'm just impressed with the producers of this show, the way that they found a backstory that was still flight related because yeah. she said that she wanted to be a flight attendant, but then her dream was um, exploded 
<laughs> you know, like, hot. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't make jokes about this because that, you know, on this show I'm so used to the um the I don't want to call it sob story because that sounds reductive in this context, but I'm yeah. so used to the shitty, not very sad back, background story. Yes. Like my yeah. parents divorced. Okay. You know, we, we so might talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. definitely get <laughs> yeah. one of those later. We also got in the first episode. Here's the cake that my dead nan taught me the recipe for. Right. <laughs> this is different. I think that, um, look, I, is it unfortunate that the one woman who seems to have taken AstraZeneca had a blood clot? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You can't, you can't be spreading. You can't nope. be spreading that. No, no, no. Yeah. It's very safe. I've had two of them. You uh, get get the thing, and then it goes in your arm. And then, to be honest with you, you sleep most of the next day. It's pretty good. I've had four, bro. Did you yeah. have the edible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I inhaled the Pfizer. <laughs> oh, sick! <laughs> you should definitely all share your <laughs> Pfizer needles. <laughs> Yeah. Did you so, use a vaporizer? Pardon me? Did did you use a vaporizer? Oh my Sorry. god, how do you make these in your head? <laughs> <laughs> you whipped it up quicker than they whipped up the vaccine, Max. Hey, uh look, uh Scott Scott Morrison, be in touch. We can um I feel like we can have these on shelves in twelve to eighteen months. The puns? <laughs> yes. I'm hoping we can put the podcast out within the next day or two. No, no, no. There's oh, okay. um medical delays that can't sure. be um can't be avoided yeah, yeah yeah okay um jimmy then does this move with a pair of binoculars uh and he asks her have you ever used these before my god <laughs> which is great and he gets her, i like this move though he gets her to look off into the distance while he pulls out a rose to give to her he's like look over there it's a great it's a great little you know great little piece of something uh and then in a piece of frankenbitten voiceover dialogue we hear ash's voice say i can see myself Falling for him. Great. Back at the mansion, Ash decides not to kiss and tell when the group asks if they kissed. And I just wanted to highlight this as something that has, I think, squarely crossed the line into pet peeve territory for me. This little routine that gets played out every single season. In the US Bachelor, which I watch a lot of, it's assumed that they kiss. And we don't have to have, you know... Even if it's only 30 seconds of every episode after a group date where you kind of play out this little charade, the name of the game is kissing. Kim, Jimmy's kissing everybody, you know? Let's move on to the group date. Uh, I noticed Suzuki has ditched The Bachelor this season, so now they're driving these matching blue MGs, which is a kind of car that I've never heard of before. Uh, and then they arrive at what Holly describes as, quote, a big lake of some sort. <laughs> and... <laughs> Jimmy is crouched down in the lake so that only his head is sticking out. And Holly, in voiceover, asks, Is that a fish? Is that some sort of crocodile or something in the lake? And that, Max, is why we play Kiss or Fish. It's the game that's sweeping the nation While everybody's staying inside It's the game that everyone's playing As we're swimming down the river of life is it a human Jimmy or a giant <laughs> trout? That's what the bachelor is trying to figure out. That's why we play kiss or fish. 
Street. I'm just happy to be here, honestly. I'm just, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, then Jimmy uh, cruises up out of the water by holding R to use the hover nozzle on his flood device. The logic is behind Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and just for the heads, you know. Um, the logic behind this date, I guess, is that Jimmy really loves to fly. And he like wings at the camera. Oh. And then the camera focuses on Jimmy's shoulder blade tattoo of a plane, which I think is just they are loving, laying it on so thick. Um he says, uh, ever since he was a little kid, he wanted to fly because, quote, all the cool superheroes could fly. It's not true. Uh, and that his idol was Superman, which is very boring. Um, and thus begins the inaugural Bachelor Flyboard Superhero Championship, which begins with a design challenge where the women hastily create superhero alter egos for themselves using truly just some fucking $2 shop costume materials. This I loved. Yeah, I mean, this is fun. This is fun. Um, and you get you get a little bit of creativity. You get a little bit of competition from everybody. I kind of wish the materials were a little better just so you could actually get a bit of difference from these costumes. Um, but they make a most, the most of it. Imagine trying to pick a winner out of this group. You've got Holly as the Incredible Holes. You've got Elena as Lena the Legend. You've got Stevie as Stylish Stevie. <laughs> Come on, Stevie. Have you ever heard of a superhero before in your life? <laughs> There's so many more words that start with S. Yeah. Like, just pick pick up a dictionary. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, Jay is for JJ. Carly is toxic positivity, which is something Ellie Miles spoke out against last week. <laughs> uh, and Sierra says, I'm Professor Pisser, PP for short. And she gestures to her costume and says, these are... <laughs> Droplets of piss. Droplets of piss, you know they're droplets of piss. Yeah, these are droplets of piss. All right. I think she's she's just good value, to be honest. Yeah, rules. Like, I know they're trying to... She rules. She, they're trying to picture her as the villain, but she's the villain that I, I want. She's the villain I need. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I, I would know, hang out with her. You know, she's a superhero. Maybe she... <laughs> she's the super villain but you know we'd have a good time we'd have a good time destroying the world together mm. yeah uh erica do you have a super villain or superhero uh alter ego oh you're really putting me um on the on the spot here i also um, worried that max would ask me this earlier in the week and i spent a couple of days thinking about it and no! still don't have an answer Oh, okay. That is, I got you, maybe you overthought it. Maybe. It's also because, like, with an X to begin your name, you you just oh, have screwed. limited. What do options. I say? Zany Xavier? It's awful. It's all bad. That's it's not good. But you know, uh, alliteration isn't the only way to go. That's true. In fact, most superheroes don't do that. I feel like some of these people got stuck trying. True. To do that. And maybe one person did it, and then everyone was like, "Oh, that's you know, that's, that's what we it. have to." Mm. They copied each other's work. But yeah, I'll be stylish, Stevie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you could go rhyming, um, Xavier, or just go like Xavier Doom. I like Xavier fun. Doom. I like Xavier. That, Doom. I don't know. That that feels cool. That feels I feel cool like I me. stole that from you now, but I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, but good. I can't. What about me? You guys come out with mine. Uh, it's um the baby. I think maybe <laughs> would be really good name. for you. Yeah, or um, Lil Nas X might be a good superhero name for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think. I think they might be the URL might be taken. Yeah, you've we'll got to you've got to think about the SEO if you're getting yeah, into the, the domain superhero name gaming. Might yeah. might be taken. I did check on uh, Squarespace earlier. 
Thank you. And it is time to shout out Squarespace, the sponsors of this pod. <laughs> they go on what I am now learning is called a flyboard. We don't even need to talk about it. Jimmy decides to give the extra time to toxic positivity. Carly, um, cut to the two of them on a batchy couch. Jimmy says, I'm waiting to see if there's anything bad about you, which to me feels like a real lob up for a tragedy reveal twist, mm. which she doesn't take. And then so Jimmy says, how will I know if Carly is into me? Are you more of a teller or a doer? Which to me is a real love up for a steamy kiss, which she also doesn't really take. Mm, he's fishing. Right. Yeah. I think he really likes Carly. And Carly is saying like, everything I'm learning about you is really positive. I am attracted to you. I like that we can just look into each other's eyes and neither one of us feels the need to look away. But she's like looking away from him at the time that she's saying that. <laughs> I found this scene quite tense. Um, I feel like you can feel Jimmy like pushing to escalate this throughout the whole thing, but the edit doesn't lean into that. They're playing it like it's real nice. And, you know, I mean, eventually he he gives her a rose and then they do finally have a kiss. But I just, this whole time I was like feeling the effort. I don't know. What do you, What about you guys? Well, maybe I'm a dumb baby, but I love that Kylie didn't show her all of her cards. Like I sure. love that she didn't just like, jump all over him and and kiss him without getting a bit of information out there and getting to know him and i came away from this episode and the next kind of charmed by carly i think that she rules i also found out that she is unlike i think most of the other bachelorettes followed by georgia love on instagram so okay. that to me uh feels like the kind of endorsement that i can get behind kind of a yeah good interesting yeah. Mm. i agree i think she seemed a bit um nervous like not nervous or maybe a bit uncomfortable in, yeah. in this scene or something but you know maybe she just has boundaries and she wasn't feeling like ready to lean into that moment and I really like Carly I think she's mm. very classy she seems to know what she wants and she seems to be quite sure in herself and yeah the fact that she didn't feel pressured to just get into it because maybe that's what the producers wanted or that's what other girls yeah. had done yeah um that felt that felt good yeah, yeah, I, yeah I guess I don't I don't mean it negatively and I don't want to seem like it's uh, I have a problem with Carly for any reason. Um, it was just more like the the vibe of the scene was a mm. little uncomfortable, like Jimmy was not on the same level with her. That brings us to the cocktail party. Speech pathologist Laura decides that she's going to try and kick things off with a union play. They're going to collectively agree to let Jimmy decide who he wants to speak to instead of pouncing on him. Feels like that's definitely going to work out, right? Uh, well, Jimmy picks Lily first, and we see about five seconds of them talking before Jay uses her key to the business lounge to steal him away. And it's a prudent move, and it's exactly what you would do if you had been given the key to the business lounge. It doesn't really win her any support from the other women. They all start saying, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, they, they've broken the girl code. That sort of thing. Um, but in the business lounge, Jay blindfolds Jimmy and feeds him various New Zealand foods. And if he gets it wrong, he has to take off an item of clothing. But the twist is, like, he guesses oyster when she feeds him an oyster. And actually, it's like a bluff oyster, which is a different kind of oyster or something. He guesses cheddar cheese. And the answer is New Zealand cheddar cheese. I actually found this really funny. <laughs> I think this Me is too. a great bit. And, you know, Jay gets Jimmy to take his shirt off and they make out. And I'm just like, this is great. It worked. And then they end the cocktail party and the women all agree that they're not going to attempt this again. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it was a great little structured cocktail party that like just had a fun like vibe throughout the whole thing. I thought it was so good. Yeah, it's- I mean the 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 oyster I felt personally offended by because a non consensual oyster oh, is one of the mm, worst awful. worst things you can do to someone. You need you you need to go into that situation eating an oyster, knowing yep. that you're about to eat an oyster because I have thrown up um eating an oyster mm. before so if someone did that to me but they are aphrodisiacs so the shirt came off and it made sense you know okay so yeah i want to go further into this experience about the oyster throw up mm. um, i would want like you 24 hours notice at least <laughs> <laughs> look it was one christmas and my family bet me that i wouldn't eat one because it's renowned in my family that i hate oysters mm. right. so um you know my uncle was like i'll give you ten dollars if you eat one uh, my auntie was like, I'll put in five. You know, it got to the point that was $170 <laughs> or something on the line. Yep. I was like, all right, if I'm going to do it for the for the, the dosh, you know? Yep. So yeah. uh, put it in my mouth, took a bite or two, send it down the hatch. The deal was that I had to chew it, swallow it, keep it down. Chewed it, swallowed it, came back up, vomited mm. on the Christmas table. Oh, my God. All over, so all over good. the Christmas. Oh. All over the Christmas lunch. And my brother also then um, empathy vomed. He's an empathy bomber. So we were both doing little bombs all Christmas. This feels like the kind of story that I would like to revisit um, as part of our friendship, Erica, um, at a later date, knowing that your brother and I share the same name, knowing that I also hate oysters. I feel like this could be a challenge that you and I could participate in. (laughs) (laughs) I I cannot wait. Let's let's get to it, Max. Mm -mm. Listeners, start making your bids now. Uh, We'll get the pot as big as we can. (laughs) We'll do a live show. (laughs) (laughs) Bachelor of Hearts live. The first live audience. It's no talking, just bombs. Yeah, just ruin it with puking. Perfect. Uh, Okay, so at the rose ceremony, Ash and Carly are safe, and the remaining roses go like this. Jay, Stephanie, Lily, Ashley, Rebecca, Laura, Brooke, Holly, Elena, Tatum, Hannah, Tani, Stevie, Tamlin, and Sierra. So it is farewell to two people that I did not mention at all in this recap. They have not come up. You will struggle to remember who they are. 24-year-old marketing coordinator Madison. And in a little bit of a surprise, flight manager and sole recipient of a solo promo, Chanel. We were shocked about Chanel. Yeah, Yeah, I was pretty gobsmacked. Because they gave her so much time on the carpet and there were all these articles that tipped her to win, you know, because she she was the flight manager, right? And everyone was like, wow, she had so much in common. What the hell? Maybe they're trying to mix it up and surprise us a little bit in the the editing. Mm. I think that's true. I mean, if you think about the, so the three people on the premiere who got the biggest intro packages were Chanel, who is now gone, Belinda, who is now gone, mm. and Holly, who is still there. I was going to say Lily, although hers comes late. Oh, I didn't remember Lily. Um, mm. It was because I got distracted by the giant fucking crane that she arrives in. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. For anybody keeping track, Madison gained only 38 followers on Instagram this week, Oof. bringing her overall gain to 297. Chanel gained an additional 131 followers this week, bringing her overall gain to 589. I think this is probably a good point to talk about the movements on Instagram this week, if you will entertain this. Um, So last week, our beloved bachelor, Jimmy Nicholson, was the clear winner in new Instagram followers, as you might imagine. Top story this week, that coveted top spot has been taken from him. 
This week, the top follower count gain from any Season 9 player was, in fact, frontrunner Holly. With <laughs> 1,619 new followers, Jimmy lagged behind her with just 1,127 new followers this week. And uh, in second place, as far as the competitors go this week, was Brooke with 556, followed by Stephanie in third place with 484. So the overall standings place Holly out in front. She was the first place in games last week and this, uh, with Jay in second place and Brooke in third place. So Holly, three times the next closest Bachelorette. I also want to mention that um, last week we talked about Belinda, who was mm. sadly eliminated from the show far too soon, and we encouraged our listeners to follow Belinda, check out her Instagram page, see what's going on on there, see if we can help build her profile in the weeks to come. And I want to make clear that the reason that we did this is because Belinda is a psycho on Instagram. She posts multiple, multiple, multiple times a day, and... Uh, pictures of, of just things like her food. Belinda is from space and uh, <laughs> she's maybe from the future and she's uh, operating on a whole other level. Um, but I wanted to mention this because it turns out the BOH bump is real. Um, the data shows that she received at least two times as many new followers as any of the other players who were eliminated last week. Yes. So wow. I want to say a big thanks to all of our listeners for that skyrocket. She must be thinking, <laughs> what happened? How did this? Wow. I can't believe it. How uh, many I dummy think... accounts did you create in order to do that? <laughs> <laughs> the Bachelor doesn't have the same, you know, uh, follow boosts like it used to. No. But the Bachelor of Hearts does. So right. I think we're changing the message here and what people yeah. need to do for that five minutes of fame they need mm -hmm. to come on the boh pod True. i'm expecting big numbers after this boys. well here's big the thing i wanted to say actually i urge our listeners we can continue testing this theory <laughs> seeing if it works and and yeah please follow erica and see if we can replicate the results wow that i am on it honestly uh, yeah. i'm also the bachelorette of 2022 so wow. that's great Look, we're really excited yeah. about thank that. thank you for giving us the scoop on that i can't believe it <laughs> Um, the other interesting piece of data that I found in the stats this week, and I swear I will not talk about this for too long, I started tracking Osha's follower count just for fun because I realized he's basically the only piece of the pie that I haven't looked at. And Osha, of course, has got like 150,000 followers. He's much bigger than anybody from the franchise. He does a lot of stuff. He's been around forever. He's a well-known Australian. Osha gained 89 followers in the first week of play. But during the last week, over the last seven days, he actually lost followers. Oh. Oh. What did he, what did what he, did do, he do wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I thought I he was looking know. great. I, I agree. He was wearing some nice outfits, mm -hmm. looking very crisp. Here's the interesting thing. The number of followers that he lost in the last seven days is exactly 89, the number that he gained in that first week. So he's reached a point of equilibrium right now, <laughs> which I think is so interesting. So... Osher is exactly even in mm -hmm. the pop in the zeitgeist. Right. He may as well not have. Although I guess he gets paid to work. <laughs> I think what could be interesting to look at um, after the season is the unfollow rate of contestants. Mm. Because what I do on Bachelor, I follow them, and then yes. I realize that I don't care about these um, <laughs> contestants <laughs> after the season, and then I unfollow like crazy. Part of the reason that I continued to track Belinda's growth 
um, is that I'm curious at what point that turns into if I mean I hope it doesn't obviously because um, I think she's awesome and very strange but um, you know I'm going to continue tracking the the follower counts of all of these people until the end of the season at least um, and see at what point people go who the fuck is Madison what what was that all about and mm. then change their mind or whatever you know I can't even bring Madison's face to mind and I just watched the episode yeah um, that I mean that sucks that's that's sad I. It's it's a me, it's a me thing. It's not a Madison thing, but I I think it's a Madison thing. To be honest with you, I blame her. <laughs> wow, Max. be more visible. <laughs> Is it her fault for being a white blonde lady on this season of yes. The Bachelor? Get something interesting. <laughs> mm. Now, Erica, a minute ago you mentioned Osha. And how svelte and how well-dressed he is in this episode. And I would just like to present to you a little bit of a case study here of how nicely dressed Osha is. And listeners, I will share these images inside the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. Go there if you want to see them. Compared to the way that Jimmy has been dressed in the last couple of episodes. So who would like to describe what you are looking at here? Um, Look, I'll take it on. Um, It looks almost like a felt navy coat uh with a collar that is so short that it's always popped Mm. Mm. um it looks like there's a single button and a pocket that has no depth but is it's looking great um don't know how i've gone on this it looks like drake um like a drake coat you know how drake went through that stage where he just wore long coats all the time maybe that's a really niche um a niche reference, but it feels true to me. So it's I'm... true. Look, Osh is in his Drake coat, uh, but he looks great, <laughs> don't you think? Like there's yeah. um, uh, a lot of black underneath. There's a little bit of white, so we've got some contrast. The lovely long overcoat. By mm. contrast, let's look at Jimmy. Xavi, uh, you were describing what he is wearing. Yeah, I mean, this is an ill-fitting um, sort of uh, hastily put together um, sort of bomber jacket with button up sort of rivers like vague green rivers yeah (laughs) uh with like a crinkly pair of jeans um but yeah i think the jacket is the the main offender here with like a a zip that's there for show um that doesn't seem to do anything um just all the wrong size and the wrong shape for this this man's body yeah the fact that the the jacket is shorter than the shirt underneath it is offensive to me. Yeah, that's a no I think so. Like, at this point, Jimmy, I would say tuck it in. I'm going to move on to exhibit two, um, the next in our series of three exhibits. Look at this, okay? Mm-hmm. This time we're looking at Jimmy again. I will take it on. What he's got on is uh, a white V-neck kind of T-shirt situation and a light blue bomber jacket which this time instead of being too small this time almost feels like it is too big i would go ahead and say that this is not the kind of outfit that we are looking to dress our bachelor in he's drowning in it he's swimming in it he's swimming swimming again swimmy swimmy nicholson here in his blue bomber (laughs) bomber jacket i i just think the bomber jacket might be it might be time that we retire it Mm. you know i think osha has a different stylist to jimmy that's what i'm thinking here because this is not the same stylist to work definitely not probably right yeah you want the Osher stylist. You want to look put together well instead of thrown together like generic man. Let me give you one last example of the way that Jimmy has looked this week. <laughs> <laughs> Mike in this footwear. Okay, someone's gonna have to. Someone's gonna have to give this a go. Please, Erica. He, 
Okay, he's on the, what did they call it? The fly, the water fly, fly board? board? I think, The yeah. water board? I don't know. Probably not. He's waterboarding, anyway. yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, if you can imagine that. Um, mm-hmm. So he's standing on it. He's suspended in the air with some cascades of water coming out of the bottom of the board. He's wearing purple shorts just above the knees. Did he um, borrow those purple shorts from the Incredible Holes? <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing, I can't tell if they're shoes or like... Your, where you put your feet into the board, but it looks like he's wearing black socks. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing um, the main thing that really grinds my gherkin here is mm. a vest with nothing underneath it. Uh, mm. It is probably a safety vest, but all the same. A vest with bare skin underneath is always a bad idea. He's also wearing a yellow helmet, um, which is strapped up underneath his chin. Hope no one pinched his chin skin while it was going on. <laughs> and he's also waving. One one arm is hmm. suspended in a wave. And the two fingers, the two middle fingers are separated from the other two fingers. He's doing like the he's Vulcan doing the salute. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, the, the vest with no shirt underneath is really concerning. It has me worried about the chafing situation with his Jimmy Nipplson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, that was good. Good. That was good. The the vibe I get from this outfit is that he'd turn around, there'd be a hood on the back of the vest. Oh my god. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the um armless the vests with a hood and no arms. Absolutely, you know. yes. Freaky. Or like let's say he um comes off land. He what do you call that? He hovercrafts. So at the moment he's in the water, then he goes on land, much like a duck. And puts like on you know you know how ducks can I do, do both. Know. no he's he's not wrong yeah uh, i'm not I, correcting you <laughs> <laughs> then puts on his bandana that is the yeah, that is the yeah. next level i think you mm. know he takes off the helmet or in fact maybe keeps the helmet and attaches the van the bandana at the <laughs> back the like a yeah like a flap oh boy <laughs> i love it i i think the Bandana would be purple also, just to get a bit of continuity in the outfit. Yeah, we need some coordination here. Yeah, we do because I mean, yeah, why purple? Well, I don't know. That's the other part of it. Why did you choose that? It's they're like a mauve, and they're too like they're above the knee, but they're too long to be, um, let's say, any good at all. This is the <laughs> thing that I am thinking about right now. Is that I understand why he would have packed certain things. I can't understand in what situation when you're going, you know, when you're going away to shoot the Bachelor TV show that you're like packing your suitcase and going, oh, I've got to make sure I have these. <laughs> what does he think is going to come up? He, we've seen him in other like board shorts and stuff. This is not his only swimming attire. This feels like a mistake. It does. It doesn't scream Northern Beaches to me either. Like it just no. doesn't seem Mm-mm. contextually on point and you know if we look at what osha would be wearing in this situation if he was suspended in midair on a fly water board Uh thing um he would be what long coat he would be chinos yeah well he would be french tucking (laughs) his hair styled perfectly and he wouldn't be doing that wave yeah all right let's talk about the bachelor australia season nine episode four the women are sitting around at the mansion, minding their own business, when suddenly an intruder enters the house. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's Billy, Jimmy's incredibly cute black and white dog. And this strikes me as an incredibly well-timed piece of product placement from Interscope Records. 
the idea of having the name Billy spoken about 200 times here on the eve of the release of the 19-year-old's hotly anticipated second album, <laughs> Happier Than Ever, is, uh, is truly a thing of genius. <laughs> what do you guys think? This is the best part of the episode for me. Um, that joke I just made? I'm talking about the best part of this Bachelor of Hearts podcast. That's Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> curious about. <laughs> the connections you're making over here. Mm. Anyway. It's galaxy brain hours, for sure. Yeah. It's cool that Jimmy invited Phineas on the date. Mm-hmm. Is yep. Nope. <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, oh, you're leaving, Cmax. <laughs> it's time for a single date, and Jimmy and Billy pick Holly. The weather is miserable, and the three of them pile into a car, mm, an enclosed space with a wet dog, uh, <laughs> to, to <laughs> drive to a beach for some more Bachelor in Paradise auditions. They do some stand-up paddleboarding, and it's literally the most romantic moment of my life. Uh, I didn't realize that paddleboard yoga could be so erotic and sensual, as a great man once said. I think maybe I made these exact same references when they did this exact same date on Lucky Season. Um, Billy is a good dog. Uh, we love her. Holly likes her. We look at her a lot. I don't remember anything that happened here. She goes on the surfboard. It's very good. And then Billy completely disappears. Yeah, where the it's, fuck? Yeah, disappears. It's, it's time oh. for Holly and Jimmy to make out. So she's just gone. I'm so glad you guys noticed that as well because I was really distracted by Billy during this date, which mm-hmm. I was glad about. I was just watching what that good dog was doing. Yeah. And then gone. Where is she drowning? Yeah. Is Billy she okay? Drowned. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't even say that, Max. That was, I no, I, my heart can't take that. Yeah, it it did feel like I couldn't focus on the romance of the kiss because yep. all I was thinking, where's Billy? Is she okay? Is she safe? Yeah. yeah. Can we see her again, please? Yes. I hope that's not the last we see of her. I hope we get to see her again. She'll I'm sure back. they must know that, like, this is what their audience wants to see. You know? This is Absolutely. definitely the cutest bachelor dog. And I'm sorry, Laura, from Matty J's season, who also had a cute dog. This dog mm. is cuter. I think you're right. I think yeah. I agree. Yeah. Honestly, hook me up to that dog. I want that dog's <laughs> phone number. <laughs> it feels, I don't know why, but it. I feel more like Jimmy is a feminist knowing that he has a female dog named Billy. I don't mm. know why, what it is about that situation, but the fact he picked a female dog <laughs> and he named it the name. Billy yep. makes me feel like he's an ally. How do you like feel? That. Okay, so this is a prudent time for me to introduce this piece of information, which I'm sure you both already know. I have a female cat called Jeff. What can we What can we learn from you about? <laughs> what does that say about the status of my allyship, Erica? Yeah, misogynist. I yeah, I, knew it. I can't explain <laughs> yeah, it. I it's it. just yeah. It's just the way I I feel. It's the mm. vibe I get. Vibes mm. are off. Yeah. Um, I don't keep a woman right. in my house that I own, uh, <laughs> unlike some people. <laughs> I have my partner who I cherish and love, and I have a housemate who I adore respectfully. From a safe distance. They're not my property. <laughs> so Holly's a... Um, <laughs> that's that's how it that's how it comes up, right? With with these words spoken by Stephanie in a very natural and not at all staged girl chat, the die is cast for the rest of the episode. Um, 
it is worth noting here, and I have a tendency to do this when I write the recaps for the episode and get into a bit of a conspiratorial um, state of mind, that the audio of what Stephanie says here is bleeped, but also the lower half of her face is blurred out. So there is really no way to actually know what she said. It's only through suggestion that we make the assumption that she is saying the word cunt. Did you guys pick up on that? I'm always suspicious about this stuff. I did at one point think that perhaps it wasn't the word for some reason. Like something about the way it was bleeped made me feel like it wasn't the C-bomb. But what Mm. else do you say in that? Like, imagine that you're her. Like, Mm. what a, you know, fill in the blank. What else could it be? The only other things that spring to mind are similarly kind of nasty, like bitch or whatever, I guess. Clown. Yeah, true. Clown. A clown. A clown is good. I also thought, like, it, if they wanted to really do her dirty, they could take her saying something like, um, so Holly's away and bleep her away <laughs> because she is not there. It could be as innocuous as that. Um, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> Stephanie is saying some nasty shit here. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, you know, make that plain. I would like to say, yeah, more like it's more likely than not that Stephanie said this word. Mm. Stephanie says, having to spend an entire day with her would be like eating nails. I actually think she might be the first person to come back from one-on-one time without a rose and without a kiss, which is not true. It's kind of funny to, to, uh, because we know, obviously, but anyway. Uh, Stylish Stevie says, I just have no comment, which is not a strong choice (laughs) if you want to create a lasting impression on this show. (laughs) She's determined not to get the villain edit. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I've seen it. I've seen it happening. (laughs) Not me. This is not me. (laughs) (laughs) This will not happen to Stylish Stevie. Just so you know, I have one thing and it's being stylish. (laughs) I'll not be roped into the rest of this. Uh, Holly, um, we cut back to the, the single date and Holly is brought back to the batch pad like it's nothing. In past seasons, women have fought and died for the right to be brought back there. Mm. Wild. But they had to eat the you food somewhere. That's right. She, she is so well rewarded. Jimmy really fucking rolls out the red carpet. <laughs> Some gluggy looking microwave pasta. <laughs> ladled out from a you foods tray this is our first extremely subtle this is our first extremely subtle sponsored content um i don't have that jingle oh that's fine i can send Um, it to you do you want to just do it live for erica Mm -hmm. i I don't have the instruments so it's literally just okay i can just i can i can beatbox okay great and we're gonna be out of sync which is good extremely (laughs) subtle Sponsored content products. I ran out of breath. That's fair enough. Who would have thought that the problem would be with the beatbox? Uh, Me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, as it has been said, misogynists can't beatbox. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Please don't send in any examples of misogynists who do beatbox. Um, yeah, this U-Foods thing is really funny. There's also a bit more later with some Maltesers as well, and I noticed mm. they've been pushing it really hard on socials. Oh, have they? I haven't yeah, noticed on socials, like... but I did see the, the close-up with when they were passing them around. Yeah, I mean, they're basically <laughs> just resharing that clip, but I'm just like, this was not a big moment for, for you guys. <laughs> this is not a high point. Um, Holly, I think, smartly starts to inquire about the future. 
So Jimmy plans to start going into long haul flights, which works for her because work's really important for her as well. They talk about Jimmy's parents' 40-year marriage. 40 years. Mm. And Holly says, to be honest, in terms of marriage, I'm happy to go either way, which I cannot wait to hear Brooke Blurton (laughs) say on The Bachelorette later this year. Um, Holly then attempts a tragedy reveal twist of her own. Growing up, her dad was in a very high-powered job and was away a lot, so her parents separated. And apparently they hate each other so much that they don't want to talk to each other long enough to get a divorce. So you like this man and you're feeling the feel. You got a shocking secret you're keeping concealed. You're gonna drop that bomb, yeah, and seal the deal. You do the tragedy reveal twist. Yeah, you do the tragedy reveal twist. Yeah. tragedy <laughs> Mariah wow. moment. Oh Thank God. you. Thank you, Mariah. Well, I mean, should we talk about this a little bit? What did you guys think about this? I didn't think it worked for me the same way that the uh, the Ash one did. I have a thought. That is, I think Holly played this as well as, just about as well as you can, in the sense that the confessional that she gave before, or that was aired before this chat, was Steph said that she's dated pilots before and that pilots are no good. And I fully expected her to go in there and be like, so Steph said that pilots suck. Right. She didn't do that. True. Yeah, that's so true. That for me was instantly a win in terms of Bachelor Reading. Mm-hmm. The the rest of it, look, I'm sorry that your parents don't speak to each other. It is uh it it is sad, but it did not fill me with confidence that she's like, look, this has happened in my life. I don't know if this is gonna work out. And then he's sort of like, yeah, it probably won't, though. And then they just sort of macked on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I respected her honesty totally. about it, to be honest. And, you know, especially because he's been talking about his parents being married for 40 years, which mm. I have to say is the real long haul flight. If wow. we're talking about long haul flights here. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, if if she had the, ex- well, if she thought he had the expectation that they were going to get married, they were going to be married for 40 years, it's probably better to get that out there. Right mm. there and then, if she has not much faith in the institution of marriage, then yeah. that, like, I respect, I respect her, uh, like, knowing that that could take some hits for her. Yeah. I respect her putting that out there. With the repartee that they had and with this, her decision to sort of reveal this information, I really came away from this date liking Holly. I want to be sensitive about this because this is not something that has happened in my life. And I know that mm. uh, the way that it affects. Uh, people can be very different and can be very hard. I did not get the impression that Holly, and this feels a little cynical. I did not get the impression that anything worse, like if this is the worst thing that has ever happened to Holly, Holly's life has been kind of pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I read this very cynically at the time and I, I almost, I don't know if I even feel this way, but just that her dad was in a high paying high working job it kind of helps to create an image of her as like a bit of a rich kid right of you know which like it's not to say that she does not deserve any sympathy or anything like that but it's less interesting as a character development to me not that you get to choose these things (laughs) yeah yeah i hear you i guess that that is the point though right like you don't get to choose what tragedy you've experienced and you can only process it through the lens that you have experienced yeah. tragedy so i guess if she is sitting there saying like look this is the big 
tragedy reveal twist in in my life, I'm sort of like, okay, that's what you've had to process and that's what you've gone through. And it doesn't mean that like, no, I, look, not all tragedies are equal, but the way that we process them is is different. And Erica, I'm wondering in the way that you have uh, spoken to all of these people in, in what you want, how are you feeling about comparing the experiences of the people that you have spoken to? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think you said um, you said it right in that, uh, or maybe Xavier said it, but you can't choose how you process. A, I probably a tragedy. said it. I just you, want to yeah, make yeah. If it was, you know, I mean, I said was... some good stuff too, but yeah, Max probably did say that. <laughs> that part was probably Max. Yeah. But, you know, like a person A's parents can divorce and hate each other and they're fine, but person B's parents can do the same thing and mm. they cannot process it. They fall into a deep depression and mm. it, it it does mean that it's like, you know, a real bookmark in your life that you look on. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's hard because what 60%, 50% of marriages end in divorce or something like that. So this is, this is an experience that most people have been through. Yeah. Um, you know, children of divorce, that isn't rare, but it does sound pretty extreme that they hate each other so much. They can't even finalize the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a really intense situation. That sounds wild. Yeah. Hostile. Yeah. yeah. Very hostile. And, you know, being a, a little wee one in that, that, that could mess you up. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as the two share a kiss, a voiceover plays of Holly saying, the more I get to know Jimmy, the more I realize he is really, really perfect for me. And I was thinking, did you actually get to know Jimmy at all? Like just then, just then you were, you were talking, <laughs> you said something about you. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Jimmy gives her a rose. They kiss again. It's very nice. I want, I want to make that clear. I think, you know, the two of them, they're, they're good. Um, and then we go to the group date and we just cut to it. And it is a group of eight arbitrarily selected women um, from the cast, not just from <laughs> out on the street. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they meet Jimmy and Osha in a park. Osha asks Jimmy for three qualities he's looking for in a partner. And Jimmy names four qualities that he's looking for in a partner. <laughs> Then Osha says that they will be participating in the amazing Bachelor Love Challenge. In other words, a small hedge maze. Um, <laughs> Bring small hedge maze to the Olympics. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Despite it seeming like an incredibly easy maze, and I would recommend that anybody who is curious check out the BOH pod Twitter for details of the very, very easy maze. Um, they've also scattered clues throughout. Um, and apparently producers asked Jimmy a series of compatibility and logic questions before the date. Uh, at the end of the maze will be Jimmy, and Osha says they have to, quote, ring his bell, which sets off the biggest, fakest laugh I've ever seen from any group on this show. They are rolling in the aisles. Everyone is shitting themselves. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That scene made me feel so uneasy. Mm. It was like mm. a bad trip because everyone right. was just l laughing hysterically, but I didn't get I didn't get the joke. Yeah, like I understand that maybe it's a euphemism, but well, I I, so I wonder if it's like this, right? You are on a date, or you're getting to know someone, and they introduce you to their friends, and in this case, I suppose. Jimmy and Osha are the closest thing that each other have to friends in this experience. Mm -hmm. Now, if Osha makes a joke 
slightly at Jimmy's expense. You are you finding that funny out of politeness? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For Is sure. it the funniest thing you've ever heard? It might just be. Yeah, I think so. True. Until Jimmy says something, that's it. That's I, it. I mean, right? Jimmy's just a tiny bit funnier than Osher in their eyes, maybe. Mm. You know, in terms of like mm. laugh reacts, we're sitting on Jimmy first, and then Osher just behind, perhaps. Mm. But I don't know. Osher is pretty funny. He's funny. That's, that's the, the thing. thing. I that that's why this stood out so much to me because I genuinely think that he is funnier than this most of the time. Well, like you know, this wasn't like unfunny, but I was like, yeah, he, this is par for the course, you know. And everybody was <laughs> truly like, imagine if we got to the end of the maze and we had to. Oh, like, <laughs> anyway, I don't know. We're sitting on this for too long. <laughs> Uh, at the risk of actually learning anything about anybody in this date, the compatibility clues are things like, do you keep your tomato sauce in the pantry or the fridge? Wait. Or was that a logic question? <laughs> yeah. Which, which one's compatibility? Oh, that's a good Which point. one's logic? Good point. <laughs> I actually think that's, a, I mean, it's not a deal breaker in a you relationship. You want to stop down on this, Max? <laughs> well, look, could we just take a uh, quick poll sure. in this uh, universe, the Max Xavier Erica universe, mm-hmm. Erica Xavier Max. Xavier, Max, mm-hmm. Erica, whichever combination, who is keeping their tomato sauce in the fridge like a sane person? Wow, skewed question, I feel. Yeah, I feel like you're yeah. stacking um, the decks a little there. <laughs> okay. Despite it being a leading question, I'm with you, Max, because oh, I feel yes. it gets less weird crusty bits around the top. I agree, um, yes. And if the crusty bits are cold, they're almost less gross. That's right, they're so congealed. I can deal with it. Yeah, I, am, I can deal with that. So, fridge. I'm forgetting who said it, but I am with whatever Bachelorette said. I don't remember because I, it's it's in one of them. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't <laughs> the last person to touch it. I don't really know where it is. Uh, also, I ha- I have to say this is like Triple J Breakfast Chat 101. Right, 100%. Like, people would want to talk about this every day of the week. It's totally the same. Like pineapple on pizza. Yeah. Uh, potato scallop versus potato cake. Um, Absolutely. Like that yeah. same kind of just like oof. classic like hinge bio um yes. talking points. Yeah. Total Lo- love it though. Yeah. Erica Mallet wash below the knees content. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. 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 That was one of the questions in the maze, I do believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to say though, I love how they didn't show us uh, most of the questions, just the, the them reading the answers or saying the answers. So at one yeah. point we had like Brooke running past a sign screaming out egg. And it just left me wondering what was the question that made her say egg. And another one of the answers, someone said, uh, love or diamonds? Diamonds. What was the question? I would like to think that those are the questions. That's the question. Oh, true. Maybe that is the question. The other one is, um, well, is it what came first, the chicken or the egg? Or is it... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what item did the now COVID um, endorser, wait, COVID denier, uh, yeah, use like... to egg Fraser Anning? And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> to egg Fraser Anning. It, I mean, it does give it away. <laughs> it's it's hard yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, look, look, I think that could be it. But um, either way, I really enjoyed the maze, to be honest. Mm, me too. Yeah. I also Lots like. That it seemed like the camera crew kind of got lost there because they keep getting in each other's shots. <laughs> I noticed that on rewatch. I was like, wait, you guys didn't like practice or, you know, figure this out ahead of time. It's a tough gig. 
Um, anyway, Brooke ends up winning, so she gets to play a game of matchup with Jimmy in the middle of the maze. They sip champagne. Sip champagne. <laughs> they sip champagne, and Brooke says, "Initially, I thought it was going to be like we all dress up and fight each other, you know, in a maze." And Jimmy starts to laugh, and he says, "Like medieval? I'm not big on that." And Brooke says, "I might be into that a little bit." I like all that kind of thing. I like all that medieval kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Brooke asks if Jimmy has any secret quirks like that, because she's clearly a bit embarrassed. She's like, let's deflect the, uh, the, the, let's deflect onto you for a moment. Uh, and Jimmy says, well, uh, not really. I like nerding out on cooking shows. What does that mean? Jim, uh, please, Jimmy, yeah, wasn't- develop a personality. Yeah, at it's this true. point. It's true. true. Yeah, I am uh, <laughs> at this point just dying for the purple people eater to come in and really fucking go to town on this man. Um, look, cooking shows, I have a lot of opinions. I have Please. spoken at length on this podcast before about my favorite cooking show scene ever, um, which is one of those cake shows where the woman was told repeatedly, uh, please stop putting cayenne pepper in your baking it makes things too spicy and then she cannot help herself she puts the cayenne pepper in and then we slow cut to the the judge of this competition trying the cake and taking a bite in and realizing that as he's got (laughs) i love this so much as he's got as he's got a mouthful of this cake which he is explicitly told this sweet little black lady not to put any cayenne pepper in. That he's got a mouthful of cayenne pepper. And it comes over his face. We've this lost a- Max. <laughs> We've lost it. <laughs> this is my favorite thing that's ever happened on TV. Oh, and then God. they got to her. And he's like, is there cayenne pepper in this? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, there is cayenne pepper in this. Oh, it, it's, I love cooking shows. The unbridled <laughs> chaos that you can find in cooking shows is, is unparalleled. And as much as Jimmy does not strike me as a man who is fond of unbridled chaos. No, I have to think that there's a button somewhere in him that is like activate cayenne pepper mode. I wonder, (laughs) I wonder if he has seen that clip. I would love to show it to him. Imagine if we were the first. I I just feel like, Jimmy likes the recipes. Like, I don't think he likes the bizarreness of it. He just likes <laughs> yeah. the quantities. He's right. like, oh, <laughs> half a cup of flour. Oh, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, a pinch of salt. He lo- he just loves the metrics, I think. Mm. I we know that right. he's very methodical as a man. <laughs> this is true. There is no handbook to love, as he said, but there is a handbook to cooking food, and it's called SBS Food Channel or whatever. What's it called? <laughs> the Food Network. Um, listeners, a little bit of context. I went downstairs to pee and Danny said, what's all that noise? And I said, I told them about the KN Pepper woman. And she said, oh, no. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs>
Not again. She's just come into the room and she said, stop talking about the KM Pepper woman. <laughs> Thank you, Han. You're in trouble. So this is what it all comes down to, this cocktail party. Jimmy pulls Holly away first for what I feel like is a pretty standard sort of debrief after a single date. This thing tends to happen. Um, and then something happens. We hear Stephanie's voice say, what a Or, I mean, at least it it's bleeped, obviously. And we think we do. Interestingly, and I'm getting on my fucking high horse again, but there is no good footage of it. The shot that they use shows Stephanie on the far left. She is facing away from the camera and they also put a blur over her mouth. The footage, weirdly enough, that I watched back many times is quite clearly focused on Lily and Carly beatboxing. Um, You can see (laughs) Carly saying the words boots and cats and boots and cats and then putting her hands over her mouth. A little Um, familiar with rap. It's true. It's true. Unto mine own heart. <laughs> um, and I just, I did find this weird because for the past couple of days, I've been thinking that I was going to come on the podcast and talk about how obviously it's fairly normal to say in most settings in Australia, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And while you probably shouldn't get caught saying someone else is a uh it's also like feels to me like a bit less of a big deal that it's blown out to be here. Um and especially, you know, it's an exact retread of something that happened on the show a couple of years ago, as you mentioned. So I feel like we should, at this point, maybe have moved past it, ex- like, specifically within the world of The Bachelor. But now I'm like, did it even actually happen? I'm not even quite convinced of that. Yeah, interestingly, I reckon it happened. But I think, as you've noted, um, it was it was really flippant. And I reckon that she says it all the time. And For sure. I think that what we're seeing in the Bachelor Mansion is a bunch of people from very different backgrounds, very different contexts, very different like familial and friendship uh, cultures, mm. and this is like something that's normal for Stephanie to say, yeah, and definitely. maybe for other girls, it's not normal in their friendship groups. Um, so I feel right. like she said it, and then I mean I'm sure we're going to talk about the fact that she denies it, but mm. I reckon she just forgot that she said it because she's so used to saying it. That's my yeah. theory. Yeah. I think that is extremely reasonable. Yeah. To be honest with you, you grow up in certain parts of the country, you hang out with different people. That word is like a napkin that you use to to wipe up your other words sometimes, you know? It is a term of endearment for Sure. For people talk people. about how uh, you know, for certain people in Australia, you say mate when you mean cunt and you say cunt when you mean mate or whatever. 100%. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Um so for Stephanie, I totally understand that that is maybe a, a word that she says super often and was just like ah whatever and holly being someone who we can let's say make the assumption she comes from a, a more wealthy background based on what we heard about her dad having a high flying job based on the fact that we know that she works in uh like wellness and beauty and all that kind of like that world um in marketing and yeah look it seems like that word might not be one that that her and her friends might say but it might be something that stephanie is much more used to as erica has pointed out absolutely and that doesn't mean that uh it's okay to say like i still think it's it's probably not a good thing if you're dishing out the c-bomb and then forgetting about it especially about people you know that's kind of be more present 
ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But it kind of takes some of the wind out of the sails if she didn't um, intentionally say it, like it's not out of her character to say it. You 100%, know? right? And if you think about, like, uh, Monique, who said it a few seasons ago about... Uh, Maddie, who was the Bachelor at that time, and I'd like to draw the difference there. Like yeah. she said it about the Bachelor, this is the first time that one woman has said it about another woman. But even still, she seemed like the sort of person who that word just might be a word that you say where she is from, and that other people would go, "Yep," and I understand you. And there's no, um, there's no meaning attached to the language that we use, and it is meant m- in a much more throwaway way yeah. than other other people might receive it and here it, like it is the perfect melting pot for people who w- women who receive information in different ways and treat language very differently i think there's a real point to be made here that um you know uh it, it is uh harmful it's harmful to see women tearing each other down i feel like that like we you know uh progressive or I not thought we progress- always said it was good on this podcast when they did that <laughs> I feel like you could unite people around the globe by the fact that, like, that is not a thing that we like to see and that we Mm. stand in disagreement with. But I think there's a real focus in the way that people on this episode, such as Brooke and Holly, talk about this incident. There is a focus on the language itself, which I feel like is missing the point a little. Um, and I'll, I'll give some more examples here. And I also want to say like, when I was writing this, uh, you could call it a recap. You could call it something of a diatribe. Uh, you know, many people are divided on these things. (laughs) Feel free to disagree with me. Um, but you know, I'm realizing now that I've written this from my point of view, which isn't necessarily speaking for, uh, uh, anybody, um, other than myself. Um, we see voice of reason Brooke in in the moment say, I can't believe that Stephanie just called Holly the C word. That is not okay. And I do think, I don't know, I'm not saying that this definitely didn't happen, but I do think like if I was a producer who wanted to set someone up to, uh, you know, take the fall for this drama or, you know, stoke the fires or make this situation worse, I would probably pick Brooke. It feels like she fits into that mold quite well. Um, weirdly, we have to cut back and forth. So we go back to Jay and Jimmy in the business lounge. Who cares? <laughs> they are hoping that, the, you know, the buzz of maybe hearing somebody say the C word on TV will distract you from the fact that they've fully run out of ideas for things to happen in the business lounge. They are having them play ping pong on a floor height, small coffee table on their knees. <laughs> it is dire. And I'm just imagining like flicking back and forth between the Olympic channels that are all airing different sports <laughs> and accidentally landing on this one. <laughs> but yeah, we cut back to Brooke, who is telling Carly and Tani that Stephanie said the C word, which kicks off this, in my opinion, kind of exhausting like after school special about how these are ugly words in this day and age. And Holly, upon hearing it, appears to laugh it off, which... I thought would be the end of this. Like she would kind of like everything sort of draws to a slow conclusion and then she kind of laughs. And I thought, oh, she's going to be okay with it. And she understands it in context. And that doesn't really happen. Instead, there's this group discussion where everybody is breathlessly saying like, it's never okay. And, you know, we should stamp this language out of the vocabulary forever. And there's no practical use for it. And that kind of thing. And, um, Holly says, those kinds of things aren't necessary. I don't think we're in high school anymore. And 
this is the part that really bummed me out about this episode because I just think it is not fun. It's semiotics, right? Like it's it's you looking at that word and attaching whatever meaning that you want to attach to that word. And I think that the meaning that Stephanie attached to it and the meaning that Holly attached to it might be um, different. Uh, what, what's that word that means like uh, different ways to say the same thing? Is there a saying for that? Like different branches of the same tree. You know what ah. I mean? Like I'm sure that Stephanie meant it in a kind of derogatory way and the way that Holly received it was like amplified and you can say alcohol, you can say different background. What we're seeing is someone using a word that they mean with uh, like a threshold, a level of mm. compression mm. and someone receiving it in a way that there is no threshold. I agree. I think... It's hard because words do matter. They really do. Yeah. Um, but in this context, it seems like they matter more to one party than the other party. 100%. And if Stephanie's grown up in a world where this is normal, like you just flippantly say about people, oh, what a, what a C-bomb. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, then it, like, it's maybe she didn't realize that it was going to hit the way it hit. And we get this, uh, we get this back and forth where it's like, when did someone call you a cunt? And then Holly says, I mean, would you like to ask everyone? And then Stephanie says, just now? And then Holly goes, supposedly. And then Stephanie goes, I didn't call you a C-bomb. And then Brooke says, Carly and I did overhear you say, which is interesting because Carly didn't. Like, Brooke told her. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, Stephanie says, I don't think I said that. Are you sure you didn't mishear me? And then Brooke says, I did hear it. And I did think it was really mean, to be honest. And Stephanie says, I mean, I've got a microphone on, so I'd like to hear the playback. And then they roll back the footage and they play it at half speed in this like pretty fun and dynamic like editing choice. Mm. However, as with before, it doesn't actually really answer any questions or anything. Like <laughs> you are not able to see or hear her actually say that. I'm, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'm just like, it is not far removed for, for a show like this to manufacture that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, a producer asks Stephanie in her in the moment if she called Holly a cunt. She says, hand on heart, I do not have a recollection of calling her a cunt, thereby recording another instance of her saying the word. Uh, <laughs> and then the button on the scene is cutting to her outside asking Laura, isn't she kind of one though? <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Just the cherry on top. It's yeah. pretty funny. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. Uh, such politicians speak too, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, hand on heart, do not have any recollection of remembering to not order those vaccines for the country six months <laughs> after they should have been ordered. I think oh. I think there is reasonable doubt about what happened here, and I would like to hear both sides of the story in a format other than the heavily edited and controlled narrative-based television show called The Bachelor. Not me. You don't care? Nope. Okay. Well, put like, I'm happy to take the narrative for what it is. Don't right. need to hear anyone else's opinion. D feed me that drama, baby. Yeah. You would I mean, be so frustrated if you were Stephanie though. And it's, fully. it's literally not what you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that does seem like a whole um, new level of of villain error for The Bachelor to um, completely lie about a word that was said. It yeah. seems particularly evil. Um, so I I like to think that it's <laughs> it's not the case, but you know, 
it could it really could be because some of you know having worked in audio you can hear when things are edited together yes. and i don't know mm. if if you know the general public can notice it but they yeah. they frankenstein that shit together and mm. they do make them say things that they didn't say so yeah. you know i don't know just talk myself out of my point there's going to be more discussion of it next week i think um i True. think there was a there was a little like uh next time and and they they talk about it a bit more so it remains to be seen there'll definitely be fallout from it and it will probably be pretty clear from the way that it's talked about then whether like you know she owns up to saying it or real you know like yeah it could play out in a number of different ways so mm. uh all we have is the text that is handed to us um i want jimmy to hear about it you know once it starts bleeding mm. back to the bachelor that's when um Shit really pops off. In yeah, a man sure. feels like he has to get involved. <laughs> yeah. He has to yeah. separate the women, <laughs> talk some sense into them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no matter what, Stephanie doesn't get out of it, like, with Jimmy, I don't think. Like, you know, you ca you can't escape unscathed from this kind of thing, even if you uh, didn't do anything wrong. That's just kind of how this works. Mm. Um, I'm imagining the confessional where he steps in and he's like, I've got a dog who's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at the rose ceremony, Brooke and Holly are safe. And the rose order is as follows. Tatum, Lily, Jay, Carly, Ashley, Rebecca, Sierra, Tani, Eleanor, Stephanie, Ash, Stevie, and Laura. This means it is farewell to registered nurse Hannah, whose Bachelor 2021 padlock with the was, locket. was not the evocative symbolic gesture that she hoped it would be, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, and customer service officer slash human Ursula the Sea Witch, Tamlin. I thought Tamlin was great. I thought she was going to stick around a bit more. I feel like she was one of the earliest ones to be announced. Am I right? She gave me Kardashian vibes. Sure. She did. She was, yeah, yeah, like a, a Kendall. She's quite stunning, I have to say. I couldn't stop looking at her. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, she does look like a real uh, model type. I, I just, I really enjoyed looking at her. But yeah. I wasn't surprised that they went home because they got almost no screen time in the last two episodes. Mm. Totally um, agreed. Yeah. So it made sense as opposed to, um, you know, the episode before it when uh what's her name chanel went chanel. home yeah yeah and i was mm. I, I was thrown in back into my seat like there was a shock wave that yeah. sent me back into my <laughs> there seat. was some unexpected turbulence <laughs> for sure yes <laughs> well have they used that at all i'm sure they've used it right <laughs> a couple Who times i think <laughs> <laughs> uh hannah to her credit managed to get 57 new followers this week capping out at 497 total gains from the show while Tamlin gained 64 this week, completing her run at 351 new followers in total. Next week, Stephanie gets a single date in a plane simulator, some kind of cocktail, uh, some kind of costumed cocktail party, and Laura makes a desperate bid for camera time by climbing a tree. Can't wait for that. Get down out of there. You don't belong up there. <laughs> <laughs> have we seen like a dress up cocktail party before? Uh, they Honestly, did a Halloween special once or twice, but right. this is out of nowhere. So yeah. And it looks like from what I could tell, it's all animal themed. Mm -hmm. Hence the tree climbing. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Actually, makes that makes a lot, a lot of sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, we should give her a lot of credit for that because she's really getting into character. I feel like Laura's the winner, you guys. Do you yeah, think Laura's Laura the winner? Laura Based on this, if, on like we've done such an about face um, <laughs> that 
I look, I'm here for it. I think that she is going to, um, much as the uh, baboon would, climb the tree, <laughs> mm. show her bare butt. Her bare butt. And Jimmy's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's going to, like the raccoon, sneak up on mm. us. You know, up until now, she is chameleon-like, blended in with her surroundings. She's but... going to like the raccoon, like the eat all of our garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really good, uh, uh, listeners. We've come to the end of another episode. Eric and Mallet, thank you so much for Guys, joining oh, us. What a pleasure it's been. You know, I've been listening to this podcast for years, and it's got me through some hard times. Um, you know, made it out on the other side because of Bachelor of Hearts. So thank you. Thank you. Look, thank you so much. You can find Erica's <laughs> Thanks, podcast. Erica. Uh, wait, you what? Uh, wherever you get good podcasts. Is that true? We... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's not untrue. It's oh. not untrue. Well, we're very glad you got through uh, those those hard times. And um, there'll be plenty more to come. I mean, the hard the... times was the Honey Badger season. That's Yeah, that's what that I makes meant. it. <laughs> uh, the hardest time of all the last two hours. Um, look, but we have loved spending them with you. Thank you. You can find her on Instagram at Erica Mallet. Uh, find Wait You What wherever you get good podcasts. Erica, we love you. Goodbye. Love you guys. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. See you soon. Droplets of piss. You know they're droplets of piss. Yeah, these are droplets of piss. All right. Well, Xavi. Woo, Maxi. Do you know my cheeks hurt from smiling? And that Me is what I love too. about this podcast. My face cheeks and my butt cheeks. <laughs> Both in excruciating pain. Uh, it's a delightful time here on the BOH pod. Listeners, we love you. Thank you so much for coming by. Xavier, do you, uh, you have anything you want to say to anyone? Well, first of all, I do quickly want to say I love you and uh, I want to kiss you to the Zave heads. Uh, and I want to make up for the last couple of weeks when I did not get to say that. Uh, and I've just mm. moved my microphone in quite a loud, annoying way. Uh, so please don't, uh, when you're editing this podcast, Max Quinn, please don't delete this part where I say the nice things about the save heads, even though there was an audio issue. Uh, Sounds like he doesn't care about you that much, <laughs> save heads. I wanted to make sure I was recording that part in the optimal sound quality <laughs> environment. Um, but I also want to say that um, like uh, moths to the flame, we did... <laughs> <laughs> we did come to the Bachelor of Arts podcast to make friends. Like the moths want to make friends with the flame, I suppose. Yep. Yeah. Yes, this is exactly it. Uh-huh. I think that's how it works. Uh so if you would like to uh ooh, get close to that big hot fire, um known as us. I I'm losing it. I'm losing the thread. Come on down <laughs> come to on down. come on down to the Bachelor of Arts podcast. <laughs> You're already not there. unlike Larry Emder on The Price Is Right. <laughs> Why did I encourage come them to down. come to the podcast? <laughs> hey, to uh, the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at bohpod. Listeners, look, that's at Xavier RN. You can find Erica at Erica underscore Mallet. Me at Max Quinn. Do you know what? I got uh, banned off Instagram. Not banned, but what's the thing where you lock yourself out? Yeah, My you're in a stupid band. fault. Yeah. Oh, right. Mm. Uh, at Max Quinn, there is not Still much to do here. Though. Here we go. Are you ready for this, listeners? We love you. We love you like moths to a flame. Goodbye. Goodbye. Like ducks. Like ducks. <laughs>
before me, searching for a sign.